humble ourselves before God. And then the lust of the flesh. This is in verse 16 to 18. When you fast, and fasting is that abstinence from food which says to the body, you will not control me, I will control you. Each of these three spiritual devotions or exercises begins with the word when. He assumes that you will do this when you give, when you pray, when you fast. He, he doesn't say if you happen to do this. And each one ends with the promise of a reward. Before the Lord you do this. And God, who sees in secret, will reward you. So these are the kinds, these three issues, these three devotions um, uh, deal with the three main roots. Now what is fasting? Well, our Catholic friends often refer to that period of called Lent, which is 40 days just before Good Friday. And they suggest we can abstain from anything that we like, any particular pleasure like uh, TV, social media. Teenagers, stay off your phones for 40 days. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> Chocolate cake. But biblically, fasting has to do with food. You're abstaining from food. And there is no set time frame. Um, Jesus does not, I, I think he, he would avoid legalism in this. There's no command to fast, either in the Old Testament or in the New. There's a, uh, there's a book that has survived for almost 2,000 years. It's called the Didache. It means the teaching. And it's kind of a catechism of, for the early church. The early church had this little book that they gave all the members. And it gave suggestions on various spiritual disciplines. Concerning fasting... Uh, the, the Didache says, now this goes back to 100 A.D. He said, the Didache says, Jesus taught us to, not to fast like the hypocrites. And he's talking about the Jews. They, and they would fast every Monday and Thursday. So the Didache says, Jesus taught us not to fast like the hypocrites, the Jewish people. They fast on Mondays and Thursdays. But we do it on Wednesdays and Fridays. <laughs> there you go. Avoiding that legalism every time. So although there's no command, there are examples of fasting. When Moses went up to get the Ten Commandments, 40 days and nights without food. Samuel, in 1 Samuel 7, David, Elijah, 
Ezra and Nehemiah before they built, rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem and the temple. There are 44 references to it in the Old Testament and over 30 in the New. So fasting is a biblical concept, though it is not what we would call a famous concept. So why fast? And the reason that I think uh, the Bible would present is that it brings our it brings our hearts and minds more in line with God and the Holy Spirit. See, we, we have, our churches are weak. Offerings low. Conversions are few. But we can sit down and party while we watch the Lions game lose their hundredth time and, and feel good. See, but God is grieved. Marriages are broken. Young people are lost. They're being taught that all they have to do is say that they are a male or a female and bingo, there you are. But, and what fasting does is it joins God in his grief over the brokenness and suffering of humanity. It is a realignment. It is an unplugging from this world connecting to the next, the spiritual world. Joel 2, 11 Return to me with all your heart, says the Lord, with fasting, weeping, mourning. See, God is not unaffected by the suffering in this world. And we join Him in His broken heart and His grief. So your basic fast is no food for one day. That's the basic fast. Water only. First Samuel 7, 5, Samuel said uh, to Israel who had, who had been defeated by the Philistines, he said, uh, gather all of Israel and I will pray to the Lord. So they gathered together uh, at Mizpah before the Lord and fasted on that day. Notice that day, a single day. That's the typical fast and confess their sin to the Lord. So this is a basic fast, 24-hour day, no food. In order to hear God and get closer to God. Uh, and so I have listed here four benefits of fasting. Let me just walk through these real quick. What does fasting do? It's not a diet. It has spiritual and theological implications. Number one, it provides more time for God and His Word. If you, if you would count it up, it is, it's an amazing amount of time we spend preparing to eat. And eating, discussing the meal... 
and then sleeping it off. <laughs> and shopping for the next one. What if you just take a day off? It's amazing how much time that that would earn us. Job 23, 12, he said, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. His word has been my food. When I didn't have time, this is what Job says, when I didn't have time for both, I spent that time reading the word, getting his food. I considered it a greater treasure. So it provides more time in a practical way. Number two, it enables us to hear God's voice and gain his guidance. To hear his voice. You see, the way you hear God is by your spirit. You don't, God. I mean, I'm I'm guessing on occasion he does. But he doesn't speak audibly. He speaks to your spirit with an imprint or impression. And it'll just surface like, oh, I know. In fact, it can be much more persuasive than an audible voice. So God speaks to your spirit. But between his spirit that would speak and your spirit is the flesh, the body. What fasting does is diminish that barrier. It it makes that veil thinner so God's Spirit and my spirit can touch. uh, It's like an antenna. Fasting puts the antenna up higher, makes it more in tune It focuses like a laser on the Holy Spirit and what he wants to say to you. So this is why you have, for example, Moses fasted when, what was he doing? Receiving the Ten Commandments. Receiving the law of the covenant. That's why every word is true because there was no barrier with Moses between his spirit and the spirit of God. So he fasted all 40 days he was on the Mount Sinai. Or Elijah fasting in 1 Kings 19. And at the end of which it says, God spoke to him in a still, small voice. Just a slight whisper. And he picked it right up. Because he'd been fasting. Or take a New Testament example. Acts 13, verse 2 and 3. Acts 13 introduces Paul, not for the first time, because he was, he was a teacher in the church at Antioch, but he had not made, at this point, one single apostolic mission trip in Acts 13. And here, the church of which he was a part had gathered for worship. And here's what it says, Acts 13, 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart Barnabas and Saul, or Paul, for the work to which I've called them. See, while they were worshiping and fasting, they heard the Holy Spirit. Why did the Holy Spirit 
choose to wait for, till that moment because that barrier, the flesh, had been diminished, thinned out, and their spirit was open. So it helps us <clears throat> when we just have to hear from God. Fasting puts our antenna up. A third thing it does is it strengthens our inner spirit. <clears throat> and so our ability to control the body. Uh, John the Baptist, it, here's what Luke said about John the Baptist, Luke 180. The child grew, became strong in his spirit. And he was in the wilderness. He was strong in his spirit. So you can be weak in your spirit. Sickly in your spirit. John was strong in his spirit because he's in the wilderness. So the body didn't, its cravings and appetites, he, it was shut down. He subsisted on very basics. And uh, by the way, what is it to be strong in your spirit? How do you know as a Christian if your spirit is normal? Listen to Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, meekness, faithfulness, self-control. See, that's the normal Christian spirit. So when you're strong in the strength of God's Holy Spirit, you will be a very happy, likable, winsome person. You won't be anxiety-ridden, full of worry, irritable, touchy. You are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, Wouldn't you love to marry somebody like that? You're looking for the wrong person when you're looking for somebody with a red Corvette and a nice contemporary suit. You need to look for someone filled with the Holy Spirit. By the way, that's not in my notes, which means God is speaking to somebody right there. How many is God? No, I'm No, what makes, what makes marriage functional is the Holy Spirit. Strong in your spirit. So you're not so annoying and annoyed by each other. Praise God. So John the Baptist was strong in his spirit so he could face Herod... And say, Herod, you have taken your brother's wife and that's not lawful. Yeah, now you go to prison, John. But he's strong in his spirit and stayed true to God even in prison. Brant Petrie, whom I love, is an author and he writes, Just as Eve saw the forbidden fruit was good for food. So she ate. So fasting reverses the effects of the fall by training the body to obey the Spirit. 
And if a man can control his cravings for the legitimate things, like food, he, can, he is then enabled to control his cravings for evil things that are sin. Amen, Brant. Word. Number four. And I put this in last because I don't think it's as important as the others, but uh, fasting actually cleanses the body of toxins and poisons. Now, when you fast, uh, 24 hours even, you might become jittery. And you know what that means is you may be too attached to caffeine. So the body's sloughing it off. It doesn't mean that you're sick. It means that your body's cleansing itself. In fact, there's a lot of toxins build up over the years. A fast helps the body reset. It hits the reset button. So it, so it stops the digestive process long enough for the body to get its breath. And your, if you don't mind me saying so, your urine may turn a dark yellow. Uh, because what is that? That's toxins. Your body's throwing it off. Your breath may smell bad. What is that? That's toxins, poisons. So we're going to have a fast day this week. So be careful when you embrace each other. You may be like, wow, your body's cleansing itself. <laughs> Do not worry about these things. You, you know, people say uh, that they'll miss a meal and, and uh, you'll hear them, man, I'm starving. We've got to stop and get something. Uh, they're way off. Uh, there are uh, stories of people like the IRA over in Ireland when they were fighting the English, the Brits. Uh, they would go on a fast. They would live up to 70 days without food. 70 days. Now they died a slow and excruciating death, but when you go 24 hours, you're not starving. You can go three days. You can go a week before your body actually begins to turn and eat itself. What happens, uh, the illustration I, I read years ago is that you have to imagine yourself uh, in a cabin in the middle of winter and you're snowed in. So you're trying to keep warm. What do you burn first? junk. What goes in the fireplace is that old broken rocker that doesn't work. So you, you, you mash it up, break it up, and you throw it in the fire. You take the least valuable things in your cabin, and that's what you burn first. That's the way your body will do. Your body will, will uh, when you go 24 hours or, or 48 or whatever you do, 
your body will start to burn just useless fat. And who doesn't want you to lose some fat? It'll burn the toxins. It'll burn the poisons. It'll burn the things first that are useless to you. So, and I think that is absolutely correct. And a day of fasting or 48 hours of fasting is good for you. Now, I recognize there are pregnant mothers, there are diabetics, and there are people on medicines and where that it's not advisable. But normally speaking, and you can check with your doctor on it if you need to, a 24-hour fast is good. In Joel chapter 1 uh, and verse 13, it gives an example of ministers who are encouraged to call for a public fast of God's people. I read this, Joel 1.13. O ministers of the altar, pass the night in sackcloth, O ministers of my God, because the grain offering are withheld from that house of God. In other words, they, they've, many have quit coming to worship. So he says, Joel 1.14, Consecrate a fast. Call for a solemn assembly. Gather the elders and the inhabitants of the land of the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. So there, there's an example... We're not doing it to be seen by men. We're doing it as a corporate body, His people. And so therefore, I'm calling for a public fast. This, and I've talked with our prayer partners about what's the best day. Let me tell you, there's no convenient time to fast. That's the point. We're disrupting the routine and the normal. The normal is not good enough for us. Can I get a witness on that? We're saying we're going to change the normal. Because actually our normal is abnormal in the Bible. So we're bringing the abnormal back to the normal. By declaring a fast and seeking God on behalf of our children, on behalf of our church on behalf of the law, so we have conversions, so offerings will cover enough to pay our bills and with enough left over to give to missions. It's, it's very usual for us to get a request like this past week. Uh, a young man who has attended our other service, uh, his brother's house burned. He got burned trying to put it out. And so that left them, he's not a Christian, doesn't go to church, so they asked for help. We're able to help them. We're going to help them to some extent. But see, a church needs more than just a bill-paying income. So we're saying, God bless us, make us wise, good stewards, and also, you know, pray for the, the upcoming series two weeks from the day on Genesis. Pray that that will just bless you and inspire you and inform you and teach you and change you. 
Pray for our young people. So exposed today in school to the craziest notions, dear people. And it should break our hearts and and it grieves God. I was talking to, uh, or Bud was talking to a pastor friend uh, in uh, a small town in Illinois. And they have brought in 500 drag queens into this little town of 20,000 people in Illinois. And they're, they're trying to put, all, put this kind of thing in all of our schools. So we're saying, God help us not to be judgmental or harsh, but change our hearts. Save these people and save our youth from this flood tide of perversion. Amen. So this Saturday, actually from Friday at 6 p.m. to Saturday at 6 p.m., I'm asking you to join us for a day of fasting, water only, to pray for these things. And we will then conclude or meet at 8 p.m. here at the Fieldhouse next Saturday for prayer. The fasting... Friday 6 p.m. to Saturday 6 p.m. And then we'll meet here at 8 p.m. for prayer. I invite you to join us, both in the fasting time and in the prayer time. Now, if another day works for you, if Saturday is just simply, it just doesn't work for me. If another day works for you, so be it. Take it. But join us for prayer in this coming week. About 15 years ago, uh, we had a tremendous financial need in our church. It was not something you could just go and raise money for. Uh, When I first came here, uh, we had Bristol Road, and that was all. And the offerings (laughs) were like five or six, seven hundred dollars to live on for the week. And I remember the treasurer would call and she said, Pastor, we need $3,000 this Sunday. End of story. Pay the bills. So prayer and fasting. That Sunday we got over $3,000. Now, over the years, we've needed much more than that. And in 2008, we needed a million dollars. Listen, the God who gave us 3,000 is the God who can give us a million. There's no degree of difficulty with God. So we prayed, we fasted, and this went on for two or three years. We'd fast, pray and fast one day for a week, then sometimes it'd be three days for a week. On occasion, we even went seven days. And after three years, the bank called me up. Said, we want, to, we want to give you, make an offer that you should not refuse. We're going to give you a million dollars. A million dollars, actually it's over a million dollars. I was like, okay, that's good. 
I like that. And the fact that it's a bank showed it was God. No bank is... Uh, you go in and ask your bank for a dollar. <laughs> Just ask them for a dollar. Yeah. They'll call the police. <laughs> this bank gave us enough money it paid off this whole building and our 18 acres that we've got back there. And a lot of people thought, wow, it was the recession in 2008. They were dumping church loans. But what it was, was answered prayer that broke through with prayer and fasting. Fasting is, you've seen those big rocks where they take the sledgehammer and hit that thing and hit it and then they hit it and then they hit it and keep on hitting it. Fasting is that one time where the thing breaks. Prayer for your children, your grandchildren, prayer for healing, prayer for financial breakthroughs, prayer for your marriage. God can rekindle that love. Can I get an amen? Boy, I was weak, but I'll take it. <laughs> he can absolutely make you fall in love with your wife or husband. Prayer for your church. Prayer for the sermon series. And you know what? we got an election coming up. How about praying that God would send us some pro-life officials to help in saving these little innocent babies that are slaughtered by the thousands every week. Pray. God, put some people in power that will protect those little innocent lives. Alright, so this coming Friday at 6 p.m. to Saturday at 6 p.m. with an 8 p.m. prayer time. That's what I'm asking you to do. Just join me uh, in this time together.